For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Lead Singer Syndrome, episode 226, I think, unless I've lost count. It's possible there is a lot of episodes, but today we got a great show for you. A repeat guest, I think it was like the first 10, 12 episodes, Toby from Emory was on. It was a great one back then. It's a great one today. But this time, he brought somebody who I've wanted to have on the show for like years. Devin, also from Emory. We got the Emory Dream Team, the tag team, whatever you want to call it. They are from, I'm just going to put it out there, the hardest working band in music. They have so many things going on. It never stops. And in this podcast, we talk about all of them, including their new variety show, Are You Listening? A Sunday night streamo show. It happens on Twitch, and some big news right here. On this Sunday, I am going to be a featured guest. And I know we've all been on lockdown, quarantine, you know, and lots of really, really cool music stuff has happened. And a lot of it has been kind of just the same, you know, you sit around, you talk over Zoom or whatever, or, you know, they are doing it next level. I'm telling you, they have some really, really cool things going on. Um, I'm like pre-recording a bunch of stuff for this. It's really, really rad. And I encourage you to tune in. I'm going to give you a link right now. So you don't forget Sunday night, 730 Eastern Standard Time. That's 430 Pacific. Twitch.tv slash Emery Music. Are you listening? A streamo show. 
Go check it out. I'm really excited to be a part of it. Really, really, really awesome stuff. And this podcast is great. So I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Before we get to that, what's new with me, you ask? Well, I just did a whole bunch of awesome quarantine work on my yard. I smashed into pieces some concrete. I replaced it with some pavers, some nice little you know, interlocking brick. And uh, that's been my job for the last little while. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling strong. You know, get out the sledgehammer, do my thing. That's been really good. And uh, other than that, just, you know, doing some music stuff. Got my studio set up here a little bit better. Maybe this sounds better. Maybe this sounds worse. But I got some new gear and uh, I'm really, really excited just for everything going on. Maybe getting a little too used to the quarantine life. But hey, what do you, you know, got to make the best of it. That's what I'm doing. Hey, uh, before I forget to, another thing, if you want to get in touch with me, feel free. You can email me anytime. I read all my email, by the way. It's leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. And if you want to help out the show, check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. For as little as $6 a month, that gets you in. It gets you bonus content. You get to join an awesome community of other fans of the show. More interaction with them. More interaction with me. Merchandise and more. And it is what keeps this thing going. And oh my god, we have so many great guests coming up. Seriously. So many. I think this stretch, quarantine stretch of this podcast has been very, very good. A lot of people want to talk. So that benefits me. But hey, yeah, check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. Please, if you can, pitch in. The link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. All right. Well, that's about it. Let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Toby and Devin of Emerson. Three sleepless nights. This isn't how it's supposed to be. How you been, Toby? Good, not too bad, you know, just uh, living through all this. Sorry for the delay, we were actually talking to our booking agent. and uh, Oh, really? <laughs> it's all doom and gloom, it went a little longer than we thought, but not, not you know, <laughs> for everybody i mean it doesn't not even just the music business it's bad everything for everybody oh man i know well let's get started uh devin will come all when right he comes. oh he's Can there you guys hear me oh he is there yeah, oh look at us what's up shane hey man been a long time no how are you damn dude i'm good i mean you know all things considered you know it's <laughs> yeah. uh it's a bit of a shit show out there um a little bit <laughs> where where are you guys at this is my first question i well i have so many questions like Looking at all the stuff you guys do, it kind of it gives me anxiety, and I'm not even a part of it, so I can't even imagine what you guys are going through. But where are you in the world right now, both of you guys? Uh, I'm in Illinois, so I'm like middle of nowhere, Illinois, yep. two hours out of Chicago, cornfields. So I'm a small town with my my wife and three kids. So yeah, okay, um, yeah, and I'm in Charlotte, Devin. Also, your audio sounds like you're in a toilet. I don't know. What- oh, does it? <laughs> While I'm answering, I've heard worse, uh, but you know, <laughs> I don't know why it's usually pretty good. Uh, I think it's your uh, mic. I don't know if it's the whatever through Zoom or something like that. Anyway, Shane, does mine sound okay to you? you normal sound, or you're... oh, you guys sound fine. Yeah, you guys sound great. Okay. I mean, this is right, better well. than better than usual. Let's uh, so <laughs> no, um, yeah, 
No, you guys have those. You guys have the secret microphones there. This is the you guys are using the SM7B Sure yeah. microphones, which like if there's any singers listening to this, and I bet there are, that's the secret weapon. Like every band uses that microphone. I have one right here, actually. I have one right here as well. Um, but I I use this RE20 mic uh, or RE320 mic when I do these podcasts. I don't know. It just I think it sounds better for speaking. But uh, yeah. But yeah, there you go. Those are the secret weapon mics. But apparently Devin's uh, got to get a better preamp or something. I don't know. Uh, it's usually pretty good. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> Maybe you're actually in the toilet. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm in, Char- I'm in Charlotte, North yep. Carolina, and uh, the COVID cases are on the rise daily. So it's just horrific down here in the south. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what is really going on. It's, it's really like, um, and I, I'm Canadian, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but it's kind of like the most American thing ever going on right now. Like everyone's <laughs> yeah. just making up their own mind and their own opinion about something that's kind of should be science driven. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and everyone's just like, I don't know, like at this point, fuck it. And uh, I'm just going to do what I want. And yeah. I, you know, and I'm going to just take whatever, you know, you know what I mean? It's crazy. I can't even believe it. What's the people act like in Canada right now? I mean, they're really cautious or what? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I feel like we're, uh, you know, it's more bipartisan up here in terms of like, we're not worried about politics right now. You know what I mean? There yeah. isn't like a left against a right. It's all like kind of the left and the right against the common enemy, which is, which is the coronavirus. So, you know, yes. I feel like that's more what's going on up here because we have actual guidelines from a government that are consistent. You know what yeah. I mean? Like our federal government says this and our Ontario, you know, where I live, our, you know, state government, uh, right. we're all we're all agreeing on, okay, this is what you do. So people actually know what to do. Right. Or what they sh- what they should do at least. So, you know, so I feel like that's a huge difference right now and I'm like watching this stuff. I should give people the date for context. What is today? The uh, the 19th of May cuz you know the shit changes so fast. But I I'm like yeah. watching the news now. I have to like look away. I'm like I can't believe like, like I get <laughs> it in certain areas, sure open it up like or open certain certain things up, you know? But some places it's like no, no, no. This is not a good idea. I, I, I mean, we are really, I mean, okay, so we do have probably about 300 more million people than y'all in Canada. Oh, that, so, I know. That's, that's very important. Yes. <laughs> that, 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 the 300 million added makes way more chance for uh, wild activity and wild thoughts and all this stuff. Yeah, that's true. I think true. the problem we're seeing is our economy is really, really, really bad shape. And yeah. if I was going to actually place a wager, this would be a sadistic wager, <laughs> if the economy getting worse or doesn't ha- keep going way more people would die than probably what's going to happen with Corona. So, but well, I am yeah, scared today. I, I, I avoid people. I social distance. My wife and I, we only basically go out for groceries. We've been for like two rides in the car, but it, this is really funny. We went for a ride in the car and one of the kids had to go to the bathroom and the only place we could find open was a McDonald's and we went in. It felt like, just, <laughs> you know You've never went walked into a McDonald's and go, oh man, it's so nice and clean in here. But this time it just felt like there was definitely disease and uh, sickness. <laughs> and my wife and I, we just, I mean, we use so much hand sanitizer and all this stuff. So I mean, I'm very pro taking this slow, but I, I at the same time, I mean, how do you tell people not to do stuff? I mean, I, I, I don't. Right. Yeah. Y'all, y'all are doing a way better job. Like, uh, a J, we had JT on our, our Are You Listening show on Sunday night, and he was talking to somebody, one of the punk bands from uh, Canada. And y'all, y'all got like uh, more stipend money, and I believe they. You're right. They, you guys are really 
way more clear on the directives of what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. We're yeah, we're getting just for Americans to really like they are going to wake up after I say this. So Canadians, if you're um, like if you don't uh, qualify for employment insurance, you know, or whatever, if, if you're just yeah. let's say you don't have a job, whatever, most people qualify for two thousand dollars a month for four months. Wow, man, that's crazy. That's awesome. Well, what did you guys get? Like people got like twelve hundred bucks and that's just one time payment. Right. Yeah, one time twelve hundred bucks. I and know. you got two thousand per person, right? That's like yeah, per that's, person, that's per family, person household or that's, whatever. No, I think it's per person and also if you have children, you get extra money and stuff. Um wow. there's there's Thanks, all man. extra stuff, you know, considering so when when yeah, when when I heard about the twelve hundred dollars and people are like going out and blowing it on I, I don't know, I'm like, <laughs> man, this is this is nuts. But hey, I mean again, you guys have a lot more people than us, so you know. Well, is, yeah, I mean the mentality is. the mentality it, it goes from one extreme to the other just based on what town you're in. I mean, it's like here and central Chicago's probably a little different because it's a little bit more, uh, you know, liberal in a, in a sense of down here is all straight Republican conservative. And, and I, it's, it's kind of funny because I played in a golf scramble, which I know sounds funny, but they, they still hosted it. And the guy was like, we already paid. So I guess, and and I asked my wife, because she's a nurse practitioner. I was like, are you okay with that? Do you think that's Okay. And she was like, yeah, just please be careful. Don't just try not to be, you know, doing anything careless. And I was like, okay. But I got there and everybody there is hugging, high-fiving. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Yeah, because they seen each other at this golf course. I'm like, I, I'm just yeah. like elbowing people from like four feet away. No. Like and golf, they're just making fun of me. I'm like, what? Yeah, golf seems like the one, it's the one sport that I'm like, oh yeah, sure, do that. Like it's, you know. Sure everyone's so far away you have to be you're swinging a fucking club like right. you can't get too close right <laughs> but well, then to, to blatantly like you know break um, the rules like that or it you know like i'd say don't go play basketball throwing a ball back and forth to each other and sweating all yep. over it and stuff that sounds bad but golf okay but i guess not so people can't you know, you give people an inch and they take a mile oh, that's, man. that's just the classic man but anyway yep. the reason i ask you guys where you are at in the world you have so many things going on. I've numbered them here from one to seven, uh, just so I'm organized because it's really crazy. And the, the first one I want to start with is the um, is the new album. Obviously, White Line Fever. Is it about cocaine? <laughs> no, not about cocaine. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't about cocaine. White Line Fever is a uh, is what they use is like when you've been driving uh, and it's real late at night and you get the White Line Fever, like you, you're getting attracted to that white line and tired, falling asleep and get, get into a wreck. You know what I yeah. mean? The white oh, line. I, I actually, you know, I actually never have heard that term, but I know about it. You know, those yeah, late yeah. night drives back in the day. Um, All right. Anyway, the new album comes out June 5th. You guys are putting it out yourselves, obviously. That's what you do now. Everything yourself. Yeah. Uh, the pre-orders are up now uh, on your website. You've released a couple songs. Um, now, obviously, this album, I'm sure, was made before all this uh, world got crazy. But what is it like even just making a record when you're allowed to travel, when you're allowed to uh, you know, get together in groups, but you guys live in all different parts of the country? I mean, Matt is, and Matt is still in Seattle, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, you guys just told me where you guys are at and I don't know about the rest of y'all. So. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, sorry, it, it's, it's the same. I mean, two, three of the guys are in Seattle, uh, which, which is helpful because Matt does all the production. 
Right. And so uh, Dave, who our, drum, our drummer is out there as well, him and Josh. And so as far as the, the basic production goes, they're able to track drums uh, in a office studio they have. And um, so that's, that's really nice to have. So we don't have to fly in Dave all the time to record and all that. So yeah. they can kind of work consistently throughout the year. But Toby and I, yeah, we, I mean, it's, it's the same as we've been working for the past, I, I don't know, 14 or 15 years, I guess. It's yeah. like you send ideas online, you, you send out, you, you know, you just work through it together as best you right. can. And then right. when, you, when you do get together, you kind of form those ideas and kind of work it all out that way, you know? No, totally, totally. And and uh, obviously everybody should go pre-order the, the new record now. Um, the new tracks are great, by the way. Uh, Thank you. And one of them is called, I thought it was interesting, one of them is called Make Yourself Sick. <laughs> Oh, what <laughs> <was> that? That? <laughs> that was All an interruption right. of great proportions. Right. <laughs> Is that hip hop? Yeah, so, uh, I was record I was recording my vocal. I didn't know if you need. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm not recording on my end. I don't know if you need my record. <laughs> I accidentally hit the wrong button. So. That's no problem. All right. uh, hey, you didn't number eight rap. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, there might be a Toby Morrell rap record coming. I would nothing would surprise me, honestly. Right. <laughs> Uh, but the new, so let me get to this. Yeah. The new, uh, new song, make yourself sick, which I immediately thought of boys night out. Right. You know, they have a great, their debut records, a great record called make yourself sick. And then I saw that on your new, are you listing a Sunday night streamo show? You had Connor and Jeff from boys night out on there. And I wonder if there's some kind of story, like you guys wrote the song and then someone said, Hey, wasn't that a Boys Night Out album? And then you guys were like, "Boys Night Out, we need to get them on the show." Is that was there some kind of conversation like that? No, not at all. That, oh, okay. that, uh, the new album, White Line Fever, it's about it's about how we actually became a band. It's you know, it's a little bit of a story of us uh, in South Carolina and and not you know nobody cared about our band or whatever moving to Seattle and all this stuff. And so that song is actually about how. Uh, I got very sick on the way to record our first album and uh, I got, and it kind of goes from just actually the physical sickness to sometimes you, you just screw yourself over a little bit because you're worried, you're immature. You, uh, you, that way you got something in your back pocket in case it, in case the album sucked, I could go, yeah, but remember I was really sick. You know, (laughs) my vocals are bad. Yeah. But you know, I I was throwing up the night before. You know, you kind of have that like a little bit of something to get you off the hook. Yeah, an and excuse, so, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that song, that's kind of what that song is about. And then uh, we were just talking about who could we get for AYL. We're like, man, you know what? It's so funny. We uh, we were thinking about the, that title and them. And then we just uh, ended up talking to Connor and working on one of their songs, Punch Yourself. And uh, it just ended up working out and a little bit of a coincidence. But it was so fun having them on the show for sure. Yeah, no, I watched a, I watched a little bit of it, and I watched a little bit of the one you had with JT of Hawthorne Heights. Obviously, these are yeah. two people I know very well. You know, yeah. what what really impresses me right away about the Are You Listening, a Sunday Night Streamo show, is just the amount of care um, that you guys are putting into this. You know, and I don't want to, you know, talk shit on other people doing things, whether it's a stream or whether it's, um, you know, some kind of YouTube channel. But a lot of times people think it's like set up a camera, set up a mic and good enough. And yeah. you guys really are taking it to the next level um, j- even just the production value alone, but 
the amount of time you guys must put in. I mean, you know, the song you're doing, you guys performing a song with Connor on there. Uh, the the <laughs> the Hawthorne Heights rendition of um, uh, was oh, it yeah. Ohio's for Lovers. I'm not sure which song it was. Nikki FM, yeah. Doing that and and there's a lot that goes into that. Um, not to mention all the other stuff you're you're doing with the, you know I have it on the list here of the seven things, but um, how do you guys how are you guys able to do that and how are you guys able to do that just with all this you know lack of able, ability to travel and get together? I mean, you guys have to record all this stuff separately. Like that sounds like an enormous amount of work. I feel like we we've been planning for a pandemic for a decade. Like our band is just we we all moved away from each other. We all, we, our band is social distanced for like a decade, <laughs> and and we've done so much online. I mean, we we really have recorded. I, I can remember one one of our albums working with uh, Aaron Sprinkle and uh, I, what a producer! Oh my god, he's going to be on. Are you listening as well? Awesome. Uh, but uh, and he was in Nashville, and I was in Charleston, South Carolina, and um. You were never alone is the name of the album. But, uh, and he, w- we, we set it up to where he was talking in my ear, just like I was in a booth. Like the, the, the tech has gotten so good that I was in my closet, like a, like a vocal booth recording. He's like, yeah, okay, do that again. This time do this. And I was like, this is so amazing. And that oh was a my few God. years. I, I can't so even years. believe that's possible. Yeah, it is. It's totally possible. And you're going to see more and more of that now. Instead of going to the studio, you'll have the guy in your ear at your house and you can make it all work and it'll be more efficient and less, you know, you'll save money and time and all that stuff. Uh, and so we've been doing that for a while. So for us, it's kind of comes natural. And like, with, are you listening? It's really fun. And we do like, we know our fans are trapped at home. We know they can't go see shows. We can have, I mean, we're talking to you. We, I think you might be coming on. Are you listening to, we might do a collab with you as well. I know you did one birdie, a little birdie might have whispered in my ear. Yes. Yes. You did. You worked with, uh, August Burns red too. You did a, you did a yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, but, but the, you know, when you're doing this like all this live stream stuff and so many artists are doing it, you know, where they're where they're recording it from their own home, you know, and they and then it's like it's like it's all live. Like somebody's like, yeah. "Okay, everyone hit record at the same time and we're going to broadcast it." It doesn't really work like that. You know, everyone's right. recording it separately on their own time right. and then they're like it's all edited and put together and you know it, it's as far as i know it isn't possible to do like a song live like yeah, in real time so. you know because of the late latency right. just with yeah. with that but we're we're making a really we're, we're really really trying to tell the public that it that it's possible that we're doing right. it <laughs> you yeah. know it's funny to me because right. it's it's not and the august burns red thing i did myself and we have a Silverstein uh, thing we're working on along those lines too and it's like obviously it's not real right Right. so um, I don't know I just think it's interesting that 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 the thing you told me about Aaron Sprinkle just now is possible first of all I mean I guess there can be a little bit of latency when you're just speaking the same way we're doing this live but when you're talking about music and performing in time it's it's I don't think we're not there yet yeah, the only way you could do it is if, say, like a guitar player didn't, he just played without headphones and then you sang from your end to him. Right. Like if, if you, but if, but if he's hearing you, y'all would, get, as soon as you heard, you know, whatever, he would get off or you would get off or something like that. They're going to improve the technology and the latency. As soon as the latency gets down and they're even coming up with faster and faster latency mics and stuff like that. So it's going to get better and better. But I mean, even to go back to 
what we were saying before, though. You're right. Like, you have to kind of create. I think the thing is, like, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do AYL because we're there live. And then, you know, we'll show you the collab we did earlier or, you know, or Devin and I will play a song live by ourselves. That, that's the suckiest part is Devin and I would be, it's way better for our band if him and I get to sing together. Yeah. And so we're having to sing apart from each other. So it would be nice if we all lived in the same town because we could probably get together and do stuff, but we don't. But I mean, because Matt and Josh and Dave live in Seattle, we live in, you know, on the other side of the country. So that part's been really, really difficult. But overall, technology has gotten so good. I can't imagine this happen. Like if the pandemic would have happened in even just the 90s, maybe early 2000s, like when I, when we all started, we were just nothing, right? Oh, I know. It's true. I, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. I mean, I mean, uh, how much more important touring was then to just yeah. to get people you get your music out there or get your you know you felt you felt like if you weren't on tour people were going to forget about you you I know, know? <laughs> and now i mean how much are you guys really i know you guys you just said to me at the beginning of the call i don't i think don't think i'm going to leave it in but uh you were talking to your booking agent and it's all yeah. doom and gloom uh <laughs> when are we going to get it's back on the road <laughs> no one knows but yeah for you guys with everything you have going on you know, it's it. You can kind of shrug your shoulders and move on. It's not like it isn't like gonna make or break your career at this point. Well, yeah, I mean that's what we were talking about earlier. Is like I think for the past five six years, we well, yeah, he's got a double, vocal doubler on there. What is that? <laughs> it's like, yeah, now you're like echo double. Okay, okay is, is that, that better? No, not <laughs> better now. Turn off the boss <laughs> chorus pedal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tried to open Pro Tools as well. Sorry, I apologize, Shane. That's yeah, okay. No, it's probably what's happening is you're hearing you twice. You close it out. Uh, Zoom, Zoom is freaking me out. We usually use Skype on our stuff, so I don't know what the problem is. Sorry, yeah. I apologize. Oh no worries, no worries. I'm just trying to be cool using Zoom because it's like the new, the cool new thing. But uh, you were saying, Devin, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. So now that I sound normal again, I hope. Um, so yeah, we we've been working the past like five, six years on touring less and less and less. Yeah. That's like, that's like Emery's goal is like tour as little as possible and be as efficient as possible. Still make money, still do that. But we, you know, there's a lot of other stuff going on. And so this whole, are you listening thing? is kind of just another piece to that puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, this is something we can do, especially now that the pandemic is going on. Well, yeah. let's try to make it as good as possible and, and hopefully even continue it after you know i mean hopefully it can become something even more than that where you know when we tour next year whatever maybe you know in between and throughout we can keep doing a show like this and just make it you know make it fun and make it professional i mean you guys you guys should it's it's really really terrific now with you Devin, and and, you know your role in the band has changed uh so much over the years you know you were out for a while then you were you were back kind of like as a guest, you know, and now it seems like you're fully back in the band, fully a part of this, this thing again. What's the journey been like for you? I mean, obviously it's something that doesn't get talked about how life in your thirties. Uh, and I guess now, I mean, you're probably almost 40. You, maybe you are 40, uh, that, um, it gets, it doesn't get easier and it gets kind of harder to know where to go. Um, and obviously there's pressure, uh, you know, with, with marriage and children and all, all that stuff comes into play. Uh, how, how was the decision for you when, when to know to get back in, to get back in fully? Um, and are you, follow-up question, I guess, is are you doing anything else? Like are you working another job at home or are you just 100%, um, you know, all things Emory? So basically, um, 
coming back into the band, uh, it was a point. So I left the band basically because we were starting to have kids and all that. And I was like, you know, I just feel like this is probably the right thing to do. And right. so um, after the guys had been touring a little bit, you know, for the past few years without me, they asked me to do a couple reunion tours, which I was able to do and work out. And then, then we did this one show that was like a block party. It was like an outdoor garage. This guy play, paid for like a private show. You guys have probably done something like that before. It's like, okay, yep. it's, it can be an interesting atmosphere. Not all, not always great, but this was, this <laughs> happened to be a really, really cool and fun show. And so I was able to do it because it was close by. And after that show, I was like, man, it'd be so fun to just tour acoustic really you know just three or four just the guitars easy just whatever and so basically the other guys agreed you know what maybe let's just do that all next year and so we decided i think it was all of 2016 we only did acoustic shows and so and we only did like four or five shows at a time and so i was able to do that without being gone from my family my job at the time too much and so that worked out and I just slowly kind of reintegrated myself back into the band, whether they liked it or not. And just, <laughs> and just, uh, got, you know, obviously I was a founding member with Toby and Matt. And so it never felt awkward, you know, really, it just felt like, Oh, Devin's been gone for a while. So, all right, here we go again. So I think that's kind of the, the vibe that it had. So it was pretty easy getting back in and becoming a part of everything. So are you, are you fully in, in Emory now with no other job? Yeah. Like you're doing all this other stuff. I mean, you guys had that, podcast you were doing together and you've got a solo uh album that just came out what like pretty recently a couple of years ago um yeah. i think your second i think your second solo album if i'm not mistaken so yeah, yeah. you're are you just fully immersed now in music yeah i'm totally immersed i mean i still obviously that some of that stuff was kind of like filler you know just sure you're, you're doing hobby stuff you're trying to stay busy and and somewhat relevant i guess you could say and so now over the past few years it's been we're just like a, a DIY team, you know, so everybody kind of does a, a, a part as a, as a cog in the wheel, I guess. So right. I'm like the inventory management, shipping, yeah, uh, all that stuff for Emory, Bad Christian, all that stuff. So I handle all that. Um, and so that that's kind of my day job, I guess you could say, other than being a stay-at-home dad. So it's a little bit of the combo Right. Ship some stuff when the, when the kids are napping, you know. <laughs> so you have to donate the space in your basement to... Uh to the stock room for Emory, yes. all things yeah. Emory, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. That was, that was when Silverstein was getting started. Uh, that was my parents' basement. Oh and yeah. <laughs> my parents actually shipped out all the stuff when we were uh, on tour. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, they, they did a great job, but like this is, this was like 2004, 2005. Like, you know, yeah. this was like, it, we were, we were big. <laughs> So like they were, they were going to the post office, like, you know, every day, pretty much shipping stuff. It was like a full-time job for them. But, you know, I think that kept us afloat. We didn't have to pay some merch company, you know, so much money to, to do all All that. So that was, it was a big help. Thanks mom and dad. Uh, So next on my list, we got Emeryland, which is your, I guess your fan club for lack of a better uh, term. Again, it seems to me like there's so much pressure you guys are putting on yourselves to, you know, basically you're forcing yourself to release a record every year. You're putting out, is it an EP every three months? Um, yeah. You know, for all your fans, and these are your, these are the people that have been with you forever. These are not the people you want to let down. Um, uh, talk to me about this, how this came to be, and <laughs> are you enjoying it? Is it too much sometimes? 
I, I mean, honestly, I think Devin feels the same way. No, not at all. It's actually been helpful because um, you know how, okay, you, we, you know, I know you guys have always done labels. We've done labels and Kickstarters. Yeah. And when we were just, you know, when we do these Kickstarters or we do a label, you know, get label money, you get it up front and then you work for a long time here and there to do your record or whatever. And it still takes about, you know, a year or so at least to get the record done, if not longer mm-hmm. and out and everything. And we were like, man, we, I mean, we are recording most of the stuff ourselves. We, you know, we're, we're figuring out tech sometimes on the fly, but we're doing it ourselves. And then, you know, we'll have, um, like Bo from Sayison help mix, or, you know, we get some people to help us mix or master or do some stuff, but we have kind of become so DIY that it just works for us. And that schedule actually helps some, like, it's not like I can go in, sit down and just go, okay, I'm no matter what going to be creative and it's going to be a hit song for an Emory Lander. But the thing that ends up working, though, is I feel like, oh, wait a minute. I know that within this certain months, I have to have this many songs written. And so it's on my mind. And I go, okay, this is when I can do it here, here. If it didn't work today, I'll try again tomorrow. And for me, it's just more efficient. Like, like, this record is really fun. Like, I really, it really turned out great. And it was written over the course of a year. The Emory Landers got to hear it before everybody else. And then we get to throw in some extra stuff, too, because we'll do, like, a little Christmas EP or Devin and I. Uh, started this kind of project called Palmetto that's more like alt country and they get so you get a lot of extras if you're in Emeryland and those people were going to do a Kickstarter anyway most you know we did the averages the data showed most Emory fans for a Kickstarter would spend you know between 50 and 100 bucks so they're getting even more for maybe even less money than they're paying like the, right. the entry the entry points three dollars Devin is that right or something like that yeah it is three dollars I saw that yeah, and so for us, we feel like we're giving tons of value to our fans, and it's really fun, and they're getting more than they ever got from him. We, you know, our Discord group, uh, our Facebook group, a lot of interactions, you know, s- certain merch that they, you know, get discounts on or offers. So for us, it's been like, man, we get to really honor our fans who are longtime fans, and it keeps us on a little bit more like a routine of, hey, this is what we're doing right now. So I, overall, I think it's turned out really great, better than I thought it would, actually. Awesome. No, I, I love the promo video that you guys <laughs> released too. It's, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, it's, you guys have really done a great job, I think, um, of being very present for your fans. You know, you're not mysterious at all. And I know, you know, knowing you guys as people, you're not really mysterious rock star personalities. So I feel like the whole way that social media has shifted, you know, now, like, you can find out what anyone had for breakfast, pretty much, you know. You know what people were working on. There's really right. no mystery at all about anyone's lives. And this really does seem to play in really well just into who you guys are as people. So, I mean, congratulations on, on you know, figuring that out. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, it's just, we've done it for so long, and we've been a band for so long, and... Like we said, we we decided because I mean we have so many. I mean, how many how many kids does Silverstein have? We have, have we have zero, zero kids. <laughs> so, yeah. so see that changes. We have Devin. How many do we have? Devin has three. Fourteen. We have how many? Fourteen. I think. 14. No so way. Fourteen. Yeah, fourteen fourteen oh kids. Goodness. And so we were like, we can't be gone. We you know, there's different things and all this stuff. And so that 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 alone changed our touring mentality. But to be able to, to move stuff online or to be able to be supported by your fans and do, I mean, Emeryland's about, about a year old now and it's been working great. And yeah. there's new lineups. I mean, it, it's really beneficial to our band and, and hopefully to the fans as well. So 
for us, it has been just, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I, I, we're working, our new album's coming out and we're working on the next EP right now. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's great, but it, it does get harder. I think, you know, with all the responsibilities, all the kids, I mean, I guess because you don't have the touring side of things that takes you away for so long, I guess you're, you're able to have a routine at home when it's like, okay, from this time, Monday to Friday, I'm work, just working on things. So yeah. I guess that that does help, but I, I kudos to you guys, man. I I, uh, I look at it and I just go, this is this. I could I don't think I could do it. It's just too much, man. <laughs> the band and the podcast alone is like is a lot for me. So um, another thing I want to bring up, this is number four on my list, is just you guys being such a DIY band. Uh, obviously, I know you guys came from punk rock, uh, the punk rock scene, and booming in South Carolina. But you know, uh, you guys now. Even, you know, I talked about the acoustic tours. You guys are booking entire tours yourselves. And I don't just mean like you have a, like you talk about booking agent, but you guys actually even just rented out venues and did your own ticketing and marketing and everything for a while. That is such an undertaking as well. Um, I don't know if you're still doing that, if that was an experiment, but talk to me just about that because you must have learned a lot about really where that 20 bucks for a ticket goes because uh, it doesn't always go right to the artist. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we spent years uh, on and off. It kind of, we would go through, there was one guy that we worked with who was kind of a, kind of a middleman, not an agent. He would kind of get you venues. It'd be all door deals and that kind of stuff. And so that kind of gave us a little entry point so that we didn't have to do all of the legwork. Yeah. But then after that, we started doing more shorter tours. So we, let's say we do a week at a time it became easier for myself and Toby and uh, Reva who works with us as well yeah. to yeah. contact uh, venue owners or local promoters in that town and say, Hey, you know, we're, we're coming through, we're going to do this. What's the best you can do for us. And most of the time we would do door deals, which agents don't really like. They, you know, they, everybody wants to guarantee and right. that's just kind of what the, the whole market goes. But for us, it was like, well, you know, we're pretty sure we can sell this many tickets in this city. So we're, we're pretty, pretty, pretty confident in the fact that we can make this much of a guarantee when we get there. So we had done it for so long, like you guys, that we kind of know the way it works, kind of know what to expect in different markets. And you just kind of roll with it. Sometimes you're disappointed. Sometimes it surpasses your expectations. And so we still do that on and off, especially with house shows or, or just shorter tours now. But we have a, a guy who kind of helps us with some of the bigger stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. The, the big stuff we get help with. And then it, it was funny, like right before the pandemic, uh, we, Devin and I booked uh, four shows in Texas for ourselves, an acoustic show. We call it songs and stories. And it was, it's so crazy. That was the last time we played a show. And I was like, well, when will we play a show again? But even then it was like, should we do this? But it's probably fine. When was that Devin? That was in that was early March. It was right early, before the lockdown. Early March, literally yeah. like the next week it was lockdown. That was it. Yeah. But we were, no corona or anything but yeah, i mean we, it, we did we booked that ourselves yeah we were we were in uh charlotte north carolina it was march 12th and we had a day off and it was uh we were literally like by the minute to, like are we going to atlanta to play at masquerade for our next show or are we going north to canada you know it was like yeah. it was like so back and forth we didn't know what to do and then yeah that was it that was the last time last show we played march 11th um right in the middle of the tour, you know, had to cancel the, the whole rest or yeah. well, postpone the whole rest of it. So yeah. it's wild. I mean, you guys, you guys do so much stuff for your fans, you know, um, 
you know, you guys are all these different like subscriptions, whether it's the Bad Christian or Emeryland or or whatever else. And I don't know how how many of your fans are like, this is great. I love this. I love this. My favorite band. I'm supporting it. How many of them are like, okay, well, here, take another three bucks. Is that a thought in your mind? And is or, or is there also like the whole thought of, well, we still have to put out music traditionally like a regular band does and do stuff for the masses. We can't just sell stuff to the same group of people over and over and over again. Like, do you think about that and how you're going to grow your, your band and kind of, you know, keep pushing forward like we used to do traditionally, you know, back in yeah, the day? I, yeah, I think we, we definitely are. I think with Emeryland, it was like, what are we doing? Are we going to do another Kickstarter and we're just going to get everybody's money and then they won't hear anything for a year or two. You know, yeah. you, you know how long does it take? To, I mean, our last Kickstarter was like, we got a, I think we raised $130,000 or something like that. And then we, the people, they are all excited about it. And then they just, we, we just work on the record and some updates here and there, but we are like, man, we just want to do more. So we are always about pivoting. You know, if we have kids, we'll pivot. How can we still tour and make it worth it? Uh, you know, if, yeah. if there's a pandemic, how do you, pivot and make it worth it. We didn't know the pandemic was coming when we started Emory land, but Emory land was more of a, wait a minute. We know our fans would love it if they got more inside look at what we do when we make a record, we can do a Kickstarter and then we just collect the money. But this way they're, they're in it with us in a way. Like we'll show them demos of the, the new songs. Hey, look, this, we have, we don't even have lyrics on right. this yet. They're here. You're hearing the album. That's literally. Cool. Yeah, raw and, and uh, you know, my bad vocals over it, not tune, you know, whatever it might be. And so we just figured that's a, a good way to pivot and show your fans, man, because, I mean, I know you guys feel the same way. We're, we're in this together. Like, we, we're not anything without our fans. Yeah. Emory, Silverstein, no band exists without their fans. So it's really important to us to, just, to do that. That's why, like, our new record. Um, we just thought, hey, let's tell the story about how we got here because a lot of it is, man, we, we're, we're just like you. We didn't know what we were doing. We, we start this band and you think, man, hopefully some, you know, 200 people will come one day. You know, you, you say that, I know. you know, and it's, and then all of a sudden you're, you know, 10 years down the road, 15, 20 years down the road. You're like, oh, whoa, this is crazy. We're still here. And what does this look like? And so I know. for us, it's more of a, I mean, right now is a prime example. When, you know, like I said before, we were talking to our booking agent, when will shows come back? I know lots of festivals are definitely not coming back this year and maybe they'll come back next year. Yeah. But are we certain everybody's going to be comfortable to go to them? What is what is it look? I mean, I mean, six months from now there could be a vaccine and hope and everything, or there could be bad stuff going on too. And there is no real clear data or path right now. Right. So for us, it's just continue to do the thing that we can do. Like uh, you know, our, our show. Are you listening? You know, we take tips or whatever, but we're not we're not doing a show where hey, pay five dollars and cut, and then you get to watch it. No, if you. If you like what we're doing and you want to tip us, great. We'd love we'd, we'd take as many tips as you can give us. But <laughs> if, if you just want to sit and watch for a second and leave, okay. Sure. Yeah, of we, course. We, we, of we, course. Yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The number five on my list is this movie that you guys have coming out. And I'm not sure if it's if all of you are involved or just I know you I'm sure you are, Toby. The What Would Jesus Sell movie, yeah. which is a very successful Kickstarter. Uh, it sounds like another massive undertaking. To yeah. work that out. I don't know who is kind of the point person on that, but talk to me a little bit about that and if people can still support that. I think they, they still can, right? 
Uh, they might can still support it, but I think so. We, we, I mean, we got supported. It's been, I mean, it takes forever to make a documentary. It's crazy how long it, you know, you, you think, oh man, we'll get, we got footage and we're going to put stuff together. And then you're like, wait a minute, the story's evolving as you get the yeah. footage. I mean, the story's even kind of changed a little bit and it's a great story. I was actually, so Matt is our point person. He's kind of overseeing all of it. Um, and then one of the guys, I guess, James, uh, Whiteman is our, our director. Um, and Matt, I guess is in some ways co-directing, co-producing, editing and all that stuff. So it's in the editing phase right now, but the story is going to be really neat. It's just about the Christian market is a real market that made money and became a business. And then you're mixing that with your faith in a God. And what does that look like? And what, what are you selling? And is it, is it, are you selling God or the idea of God or the show? Or is, are you a real band? Like, you know, our, our band, for example, struggled with the idea of we're, we're Christians, but what does that mean for rock music? I don't, I don't want just Christians. I don't want only Christians to come or I don't want to play a church with, you know, a youth group that doesn't care about our music, but we're safe Christians, you know? So it really kind of explores all those ideas. And uh, yeah. And once again, the pandemic slows everything down with editing yeah. and all of that stuff. There's a, there's a really good story there about what does it look like to try to come out the other side? Cause uh, you're in the Christian music scene, just like any music scene, you're in a music scene or a genre and then times change or, you know, like when I, it, in the nineties, whatever, there was alternative music. And now you, you go back to that. What, did, what was that? And what did those people do? And some succeeded and some went away and same, it's kind of that same story. So it follows a little bit of a narrative of what does it look like to kind of get beat up some and in the Christian music scene and then what it looks like possibly to come out on the other side. Yeah. And you guys have definitely done that. Um, it's, it's an amazing run you guys have had and continue to have and just being so creative both with, you know, obviously your music and being a great band, but also just the business side. You guys have done an incredible job of it. So um, it's just really, really great to see. And I'm so happy that you guys have a new record that's coming out on June 5th. Talk to me about the song, The Road Beneath My Feet. It's uh, pretty punk rock. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> you know oh shit, the 90s are back right here. This is good. I you like know what's it. funny about that? There's been several times throughout our career as, as a band that making records that we've said, What's, what style of music have we not tried yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, l legitimately. So we'll be like, okay, so maybe we can have a little hint of metal on this song or a hint of jazz here <laughs> or whatever. And then on this record, um, Matt and Dave, I think they kind of wrote some of the music for this song um, before we had any vocal ideas. And so uh, they were like, hey, we've never done a punk song. Let's do a punk. So they just came up with the the punk beat and just kind of yeah. And this was fun. Me and Toby were on a an acoustic uh, house show tour at the time, and they they we had the idea and we just we kind of wrote the melody together in the car and then Toby wrote the lyrics for it and it just kind of came out. We thought it was, it was a pretty fun song and we'd never really done that style before. No, it's cool. It's cool that all these years later, you know, you can find a new thing to try because that that gets <laughs> you know people ask me too. It's like you know I think you guys have put out less records than Silverstein, but you still put out a lot and you're going to probably surpass us with the Emeryland thing. Uh, but you know, it doesn't get easier to write songs and write records. I mean, you know, there's only so many ideas. Like I caught myself Googling like phrases and lyrics to see if I'd said yeah. it before, you know, like, right. like whatever the lyric and Silverstein and like, have I ever used that phrase or have I ever used that wording before? Because it's true, like, you know, um, right. you fall into your own, own. I don't want to say bad habits, but just, you know, you are who you are, and yeah. you like what you like, and you're going to inevitably go back to that sometimes. Yeah, it, it was funny, too, on this record. Uh, 
a couple of times, like Devin, one of the songs uh, is, is 238, and we love that band, and Devin referenced them. And then in another song, I referenced some of our song titles. So that was right. kind of neat. This time we were talking about our story, and I was able to go back and use stuff that we had already written, uh, you know, like as your voice fades or I referenced walls or, or whatever. <laughs> In a way, and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of nice because I wrote this a long time ago, but I'm I'm refurbishing it in a way and using it in this song." Yeah, it's, it's true. Nice of us. Yeah, it's funny. I, I've and I've done that a little bit too with stuff. Um, and fans really like it. Like, yeah. when 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 fan hears the reference, the self, re, you know, reference uh, to something you've done before, they really like it. I'll be honest. I feel like it feels a little bit cheap. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Because like, you know, I mean, you're obviously it's a creative idea and right. you're referencing yourself and you're still like, you know, you're putting a twist on it. You're not just saying it again. But I yeah. I, I, I always feel like, OK, this is I could just do this over and over again. It's easier, you know, a little bit easier than than. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, you got to do it the right way. You got to yeah. do it. the right way. I, mean, I was telling the story of our band. So that. Yeah. But you're right. Like, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe. It just depends. And if fans like it and I like it, I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah you're right. Sure, it, sure. It does make it easier for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, are we getting any more of the Song Rescue podcast? Is that Was that a one-and-done thing, or is that going to happen again? <laughs> I don't think we will. But. Yeah, I don't know if we will. We might start incorporating that on the Are You Listening show, though. Right. Uh, we might start doing that with some bands. Because uh, for those that never listen to the podcast, Devin and I would – basically take a, a song that somebody would send in to us and just rip it apart a little bit, you know, bash on it, smash it up a little bit, make fun of it, and then try to give some good critique and point out some of the good parts of their songs or lyrics or whatever it might be. So it was really fun to do. But like you said earlier, I mean, like the list, it was just another thing. And we didn't want to do it half-ass. And so we're like, let's just pause on this for a little while. We didn't we didn't say we're done with it for good, but it with all the stuff that we're doing right now, it kind of seems like we wouldn't be able to do the best, but maybe we might start doing that as parts of the, yeah. are you listening? I think that would be an awesome idea. That's, that's awesome. Cool. Well, I think I'm, have I got through all number, all seven? I think I got through all seven. Um, so. I have a fan question, which is uh, from Zach Weissenberger. This is for Toby yeah. and Devin, obviously who's better at bass and who's a better singer. <laughs> I think we know the answer to the second one. <laughs> no offense, Toby. <laughs> it's, it's, it's both. Uh, it's probably both. Oh, poor Toby. Way worse, way worse bass player for sure. Devin is overall the best musician in Emory. I mean, he he has a music mind that is. I mean, Matt in some ways is more analytical about certain stuff, but Devin has the analytical side and the emotional side, and they can pull it off vocally or uh, you know guitar wise. Right. He can do every. I mean, his records. I mean. Like, you know, his two solo records are great. So, I mean, I don't have any shame in my game saying that Devin's better at both of those things. Well, the thing is, I'm pretty good at certain stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Let me defend Toby a little bit here. So, (laughs) I play play bass a lot more. I've been playing bass on 75% of the songs for the past, you know, however many years. And so, he he plays sometimes. And so, he feels what he does really well. And also, sometimes I kind of envy his voice because he has – character he has a little bit more of the raspiness that i can't really get right i mean like mine's all clean and pure which some people prefer but a lot of times i'm like man i gotta really push and it almost blows my voice out right right right. with that kind of stuff so yeah it's it's positive on both sides yeah but no singer goes no singer goes you know what i want to sound like uh uh 
57 year old lunch lady that smokes. <laughs> they want the clean, pretty Devin voice. So uh, you heard it here first. Uh, that, no, uh, I always feel like like I feel like Devin is is you know when you're a kid and you play sports like you play baseball. And there's the one yeah. kid that's like the best at pitching, the best at catching, the best at hitting, the, like the best at yeah. running. That's Devin. He's just the best at everything. And that's just the way it is. Well, that's nice of you guys. His nickname really is the golden child. We gave it to him. I mean, he was great. He's great at sports. He's super good. He was always the best looking in Emory. Every, I mean, <laughs> and, he's, and he's really nice. He won't even let me give him a call. He, you know, he, he has to still <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't even. <laughs> I just accepted it. Not, nobody liked me. I've been ass. You know what I mean? So I got to, you know. Well, look. I got to and you got him back in the band. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Gee, uh, yeah. man. Okay, well, hey, guys, thanks so much for doing this, uh, taking the time out of your very busy schedule, and uh, congrats on the new record. To tell the people once again, June 5th, White Line Fever, yeah. not about cocaine, no. <laughs> is out. Everyone check it out. Uh, anything else to tell the people before I let you go? Yeah, the pre-order's up right now at emorymusic.com for immediate download, and you get access uh, to Emoryland for a month. And if, if uh, any of your listeners, Shane, if they're Emory fans or they want to pre-order, if they use the code LSS uh, at checkout, they get 10% off. Yep. Cool. That's great. Thank you yeah. for using my uh, using my show as a promo code without even asking me. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. I'm going to play a tune for the people. What do you think? Road Beneath My Feet or Make Yourself Sick? Which one should I uh, bust out? Now, I do road beneath my feet. Show them that punk stuff. There it is. Yeah. We're, get, we're getting fast up in here. Start a circle pit in your living room, everybody, or in your car. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much again for this, and uh, hope to see you around soon. I hope everything uh, is good, staying safe, and social distancing, and no more golf. Okay, Devin? No. Yeah, I won't do it anymore after my experience. So thanks, Shane. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So there it is with Toby and the Golden Boy. Uh, <laughs> those guys crack me up, man. That was great. And I did leave in some of the little mishaps. Um, rap music started to play. Devin's voice was doubled all of a sudden. You know, hey, you leave those things in. There are actually a few more. Uh, the Zoom call ended. Uh, Toby turned into a robot at one point. So... A lot of mishaps happen when I do this podcast. Sometimes I like to leave them in just so you know that my struggle is, in fact, very real. I don't want you guys to forget about this, so I'm going to tell you again. Are you listening? A Sunday night streamo show. I will be a guest. I'll be performing, in fact, with the guys from Emory. I'm really, really excited about it. And you should check it out anyway because the previous guests they've had and the previous shows have been so awesome. It's like a late night variety show, but for people like us, you know, it's, it's really, really cool. The link again, twitch.tv slash Emory Music. And that is Sunday night at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. So make sure that you tune in. All right. I will leave you with a tune. Thank you so much for listening. I hope all is well. I hope you're staying safe. Here is The Road Beneath My Feet, a new one from Emery. Go pre-order that record. Promo code LSS, 10% off. Go do it. Here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next time.